Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Colleen Meyer with Meyer and Mintz bringing you Fearless in Pink, the podcast. And we have an amazing guest, an amazing guest today. Her name is Megan Riels. And I've known Megan for about about maybe a year or something. And yeah. you guys, she's an amazing person. She is the president of Rio's Design Studio LLC, which is a landscape architecture and design firm based in Bakersfield, California. And you need to go to her website because some of the stuff that her company creates, some of the designs are absolutely going to blow your mind. Um, Rio's Design Studio owners, She's co-owner with her husband. She's president. He's vice president and design landscape architects for 50 years of combined experience in the profession of landscape architecture. Welcome, Megan. Let's talk a little bit more about you. So how did you get into landscaping? Uh, that's a cool story. So um, I got accepted at Cal Poly Pomona. Mm -hmm. uh, just so you know, my husband went to San Luis Obispo. There's always a fight with that one. Um, <laughs> And um, I took the architecture program and didn't pass and didn't know what to do. I'm like, was beside myself. What do I do? So I went to, they had a little, you know, they have a uh, career center. And I went to the career center and I put in all my things that I thought I wanted. You know, you don't know when you're in college how much things cost. And, right. and I came up two things, beautician or landscape architect. And my father was not going to go and pay for beautician school. <laughs> So I'm like, fine, I'll do landscape. And then I realized that was really what I loved to do. It wasn't, I mean, I love the design and architecture, but it was when I look back, like in the first and second grade, I could see that I could really draw a, a tree. It wasn't just a stick with a circle, although I do that now, but it looked like a tree. It had branches. It was, you know, um, understandable. I love to draw. I doodle. You know, we used to have our desk at school and you doodle all over your desk and all over your, uh, your, when you, you would cover your, your books and you doodle all over that. That's what I would do and totally enjoyed that. Um, so I was able to jump from architecture and skip a semester and then, or a year actually, and then go into landscape architecture and um, loved it a lot. I wouldn't say I was the top student, um, but you don't have to be to enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I really did have a good time doing that. Um, and then uh, I graduated and um, I remember my dad, uh, he, he's like, okay, you have a month, you have to go find a job. And I went, what? So I found a job. <laughs> And I told him, I go, Dad, I'm making $5 an hour. And he went, what? <laughs> um, but obviously that has turned into different, um, uh, much much more money after an amount of time. But I really loved it. I loved being in a firm. I loved drawing. Back in the day when I would design or draw for others as a drafts person, it was actually on a drafting board. And you would have either the Mylar or you would have the um, tissue, they called it, or you would have a regular um, paper, the uh, paper that, that they use. And um, we would draw from that. And, and now, having um, done that for many, many years, uh, after at graduating and working for a couple companies, I worked for quite a few companies in Orange County and then um, moved to uh, Pomona, where I actually worked for a teacher of mine. He actually hired me. That was awesome. Mm. <laughs> and I loved working for him. And then I went ahead and I, I um, 
uh, worked in Riverside and that's where I met my husband and he was working at the same place. And um, we were fortunate enough to have a coffee break where we would go. If you've, you've been downtown Riverside, mm -hmm. yep. you know how lovely it is. It really is folks, beautiful. beautiful town. Um, and it was love. We were actually working in the city hall. If you know where City Hall is, right yeah. across from the Mission Inn. Right. And we would walk down the street. We'd go to a place called Aromas. I don't know if it's still there or not. It was a little coffee house. And uh, we would we'd have a half an hour to sit down and sort of talk about everything. Where a lot of times when you're working, you can do that. But we really had a chance to do it you know, back and forth. And we just found out that we really connected. And uh, so worked there for a couple of years and I moved to Orange County. He stayed there for a little bit longer and then he moved to Orange County, went to some different places. So we never, we worked in one place and then it took us marriage and kids in Bakersfield to make us work in another place together. So, <laughs> um, but it was, it was really a great opportunity to um, work for a lot of different firms, especially down in Southern California, a lot of different things doing. I had a chance to work on the Rio when it was just new, the, mm. um, the pool area. And so um, that's when, you know, they were just starting with the beach entry that, that was back at, back then that was very new. Um, and then, um, recessions come along and you lose your job. I got mm -hmm. married in, in 92 and we were living in Costa Mesa and uh, pretty much didn't, had some jobs. I worked with BIA, you know who BIA is, mm -hmm. Building Industry Association. Mm -hmm. Um, they're a big housing, um, uh, group organization. And I worked with them a lot when I was, um, in Riverside, um, and got involved with, they have an educational arm arm called HBC home builders council. And then they also have a marketing called sales and marketing. I think committee, I'm not sure what the C is. So I apologize. It's been a while, but I was really involved in that. And I was lucky to have bosses that allowed me to do marketing. Cause I just like to go out and meet people. Uh, wasn't really looking to do that for myself, you know, mm -hmm. but really looking to sort of, um, you know, just get out, meet people, get a chance to join a board. That's what I always say. If you're going to join something, jump right in, get in and you really get to know everybody. Um, and then, uh, so I uh, went through that, stay-at-home mom, have two children while we were in Costa Mesa. And uh, they don't remember it by the beach. It was nice. <laughs> uh, but, you know, of course, you're living in an apartment with two kids. Couldn't yeah. afford that. And uh, we ended up moving to Bakersfield to be with my husband's family. His mom had been diagnosed with cancer. And unfortunately, oh, by the time we got there, she had passed. But mm -hmm. it got us there. We found Bakersfield incredibly uh, affordable. Um, as much of Riverside was at the at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so we've been living here for over 20 years. That's scary, right? When you start saying 20 years or 30 years or 50 years, you're like, whoa. When you're in high school, oh, man, that was 50 years ago. You're like, oh, right? Maybe not <laughs> exactly. that. So you guys started your business. And I know when you start a business, sometimes it takes, you know, so much time to start picking up and moving. How much time from the time you started um, Rio's Designs did you did you really see this improvement? What was the time frame? What did you do to market? And how did you drive clients in those first and early years? I was really fortunate. I was a stay-at-home mom here at, in, in Bakersfield for about 10 years. So my mm -hmm. kids, were, when it was about time, um, I had done some um, Pampered Chef. 
And so if you don't, if you're a stay-at-home mom, give yourself an opportunity to learn to do something different. And that was really important because I had a great director who understood sales and could teach it, that there's a benefit and there's a feature and you look for people who are excited, right? And when you have those people um, who are excited, then you would try to get them to book and then you would have a party and then you would try to book some more. So Mm -hmm. I, I got an opportunity to do that. And I did that for five years. I was a director, um, but it was just, it wasn't making money. I was doing it for fun and I was doing it because all the tools are so cool. And at the Mm -hmm. time I was doing a lot of cooking. Yeah. I have two kids, a husband and I'm cooking. So um, we, uh, my husband actually saw that there was a need for a landscape architect Mm -hmm. and it was for a local multidisciplinary firm. It was called Macintosh and Associates. It's still here in town in Bakersfield. And um, I remember going in being so scared and, you know, kind of, I hadn't been working for a while and sort of showing this is what I've done in the past. Um, I had had a couple of people say, oh, come do some yard work or, you know, mm-hmm. some changes in my front or backyard. I think mostly is the back. And so I did them and he hired me. And that was really important because I had just been working at just a landscape firm. And a landscape firm just does landscape. But here I had a multiple. So I could walk through the offices and go, oh, that's what's coming up. Do I get a chance to do that? You know, oh, so tell me about title work or how do you explain planning or what's traffic engineering or what are you doing here and grades and changes. Not that I didn't know that already having you know, taking the test. I had my license and everything by then, but just really getting a sense of that. And I worked there for four years. And so I became Megan at Macintosh, which was kind of cool. Um, and then the recession, 2008 recession came. Mm-hmm. And I lost my job. And a month later, my husband did. So we're like, what do you do? We're in Bakersfield. There's not a whole lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had fortunately at Macintosh and Associate had one job where they just had it. They, they were just in the at Macintosh for landscape architect. So I was able to talk to that person for, I'm sure a really great price for them. I said, yes, I want to work with you. And it was back in the day when they had redevelopment. You remember those? (laughs) But that was back in the day. And so we had a chance to start uh, working on some stuff downtown Bakersfield and work with the city. And so that really kind of started people doing that. And while just to kind of back up for a second, while we were here in Bakersfield and I was a stay at home mom, my uh, husband was here and he was telecommuting from Costa Mesa where his um, work was, it was Nubis and they're still there in Costa Mesa. And so he, for like, you know, 10 years, he was doing that going back and forth. And um, so they, nobody, he was every day. Did he do it no. every day? Oh, he would do it like once weekend? a week and then it was oh. once a month. And, you know, it was sort of like that. Oh, gosh. But, he was here as a landscape architect, but mm-hmm. nobody knew because he was working down there and he was working out of the house. So um, this really, my being able to work at Macintosh allowed me to really know the city and get to know the right people, specifically other civil engineers and other architects that I could work with, uh, that we could work with. So that got us started with being able to do that. And then um, when we first got started, actually, my husband had to do a lot of cold calls. I, he never wants to have to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably mm-hmm. took a good five years to really be recognized. Um, not that we weren't doing work, but we weren't really like uh, we had another architect in town. His name was Ralph Adame. And he everybody knew him. He had been here for 20 years, been working with everybody. 
and he passed. Oh gosh. And people were like, what do we do? Where do we go? And like, oh, we're here. <laughs> and so we were really blessed to sort of be able to take what he had started and moved on. And that gave us again a lot of opportunity to work with a lot of different architects and civil engineers and developers here in town. And so now we are kind of you know, known after 10, it's 11 years, but it was about nine or 10 years when you sort of really get going. Mm -hmm. The other thing we did is early on, we um, connected with CLCA, which is California Landscape Contractors Association. And Jim and I had been involved with it when we were in Riverside, but um, Jim had connected with a landscape contractor and they wanted to go to the city council and talk about AB 1881, which is about the Water Conservation Act. And Ooh. back then it was enacted, but there was no enforcement. Mm. So along comes, I think it was 2013 and they're like, you have to do it now. And we were already up on it or at least had a better understanding. A lot of landscape contractors were, they were doing the same old, same old, right? Mm -hmm this is the way we've always done it. Why do we, why can't we use spray? And you're like, well, you can't. Um, so we moved from spray to drip irrigation. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that in, mm -hmm. uh, in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, and that connection with other professionals really, I think if you're getting started, do yourself a favor and connect with organizations. Number one, in your own field. That's right. Um, now there's a, a, a ASLA is American Landscape Architects Association, but they don't have anything active here. So that wasn't a direction we could go. Kern County's a little um, apart. You know, it, we have this distance over the mountains to hone. And even when you go through Fresno, where back in the day, Riverside was like that, right? Mm -hmm. and now it's just, you know, you're like, am I there yet? Yeah, I'm there. Um, so I think we were sort of, um, in a nice little bubble, we mm -hmm. are really blessed. We don't have a lot of competition. Um, we do have some, um, but we're different than, than a lot. We have uh, LDI, which is Landscape Development um, in, Incorporated, and they are design built. And what's that mean is they will design it and then they have crews that build it. Okay. Well, Jim and I at Rios Design Studio, we only design it. So mm. our job is to design it so it gets through the municipalities, gets through the city, gets through the county, gets through whatever DSA. And um, we know what is necessary to go ahead and show that this is the landscape and how it needs to be installed. So we don't install it. All we do is design it. So it goes through municipality, passes it. And then if we do have the chance, we get a chance to verify that it's installed per plan. If it's not, why it's not installed per plan. Uh, Megan, you know, you said something to me that that I noticed that you seemed that you had a lot of opportunities and, you know, with, is this a male, this is probably probably like a male dominated field, right? Very much. And it seems like a lot of males along your journey helped open those doors for you. Do you feel that that was the case for you or did you feel it maybe it was a little harder or was it a helping hand along the way for you in this industry? 
Um, no, I like working with males. I like working with females. You know that too. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I, I enjoy that because not only is part of working with civil engineers, they have a different little attitude and you have <laughs> architects and then you have even landscape contractors like you're a woman. What do you know? And you're like, well, guess what? I'm your landscape architect and I know a little something. So, <laughs> um, so you're going to get some of that, but I really didn't have a lot of that, even with, you know, owners kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you're a girl, you do the secretary stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, Sounds like you didn't have it very much of that. I, you know what? I think it's probably attitude because I don't really push that I'm female. Mm -hmm. I think it's obvious. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's just, you know, um, it's important to listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, there are times that I've had to ask, you know, landscape contractors and when they're good, you'll say, what would you suggest? And if you listen to them, and you'll or you'll tell them I need that tree and it doesn't happen often but I had that issue I need that tree moved here because it needs to be in the center of the window and then they begin to understand I have a reasoning for doing that it's not just willy-nilly you know excuse me um, like you know uh, some little fairies tell me what to do there's I have forest lines and I have certain reasons why I have to design a certain way and I think in most cases when you give a good reason that can, that's acceptable. And I think mm -hmm. it's how you, you know, sort of bring it to them that you say, what do you suggest? Okay. Well, you know, this is why I have that, or that's a good idea. Let's do that. Or mm -hmm. no, not so much. If you could go back, Megan, let's go back, maybe uh -huh. back to college or, or, or you know, as, as you're going through your journey right. to us early on, what were some of the lessons that you learned going into this company or in the early years and what would you do differently if you can go back? I I had a lot of, uh, we're talking about male friends in college. I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed hanging out with them. And um, that was because of them, I was able to get my first job and um, loved working with them. I was in a position where we had um, designers who knew what they were doing and I would ask and they would tell me why you do certain things the way you do. So, I mean, you when you have someone to mentor you, it's always imperative to make a relationship with them and ask and say why you're doing this. And um, they were always really open to explaining why things need to be done a certain mm -hmm. way. And I think creating those boundaries helped my understanding of design to make it in a better way um, and sort of learn those lessons early. I think um, uh, that was helpful. I think um, I think it's always important to be curious. Mm -hmm. um, when I was working in Riverside with my husband, everybody was sort of my age, and we would go out. And um, I was doing a lot of model homes at the time. And um, it was in the 80s. So you remember when there's model homes, you'd walk in one. And there was 
the Ralph Lauren look, you know, the duck mm -hmm. and all the jewel tones. And then you'd have a French country yeah. and that was all flowery and light blue and yellow. And then you'd have another one. I forget what that one was. So you kind of, you kind of have to learn the tray, the trends in your craft. And at the time I loved doing model homes because it's like creating Disneyland. And so we would go and visit the model homes and I would explain, you need to have a tree here on the side here and you need to do that. And it was so fun to go into these homes while other people were looking at it, you know, and you're, Oh, we can eat outside. I'm thinking you can eat outside now, but whatever, buy a house to do so. Um, <laughs> you know, but the, the romance you kind of create at least in model homes and it is that creating that romance that this would be the house where you would have someone come your your neighbors would want to come to your house your kids would want to have the parties at your house your house would be the place if, if that's what you're looking for is that kind of camaraderie and creating that community so and we did a lot of wonderful things together and traveled together and it's always important to to make friends um, not only in your same group but also like I was saying, um, jump into an organization. And when you do, you know, take some time to look at it. And then nothing wrong with getting on the board and getting involved because that is the one place where if people don't understand what you do, and a lot of times with landscape, they don't. I'll just say landscape architect and they, oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I do it every day, so it doesn't seem so cool, but I can see where other people work because they have an idea in their head what it is, whether it's true or not. Um, but it's always important when you're on some kind of board is that you learn to do something well. And then if they know you can do a task that they don't know, that they do know about, whether it's make sure an event goes well, mm -hmm. uh, do the treasurer's report, do the secretary's report, whatever that is, you know, there's all those different positions we have mm -hmm. in our board. Um, then they begin to know that you can get done what you know, even though they don't know, like, I don't understand insurance. I couldn't exactly say I know exactly what you do either, but I do trust you because I know I've worked with you on a board. And when I ask you to do something, you get it done. So if you can get that done, well, then you know what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that really establishes great relationships to do that. You know, like you were saying, when people get started, what does it take? It takes a while, um, but it takes a while because you have a foundation of getting to know your community. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really want to have to move, but if we had to, it'd be hard to start again. But I, again, with that, I would get really involved. I get to know my community. So they got to know me. You know, um, when you're talking about with um, getting to know uh, people and networking in your community, you know, when I was working on my dissertation and, and I was, you know, I was doing a study on women business owners, we found that women business owners, uh, you know, not everybody can't put everybody in the same basket, right? But there's a, a chunk of um, women business owners, especially new people that are new starting their business. Maybe they have a side gig that they're working. They're uncomfortable networking. They don't know how to network. And, and because they don't know how to network, they don't either go or they go and they stand in the corner or they're a wallflower. You know, so when you were saying get out there and get involved and, you know, join a board, join a, an organization like you were talking about professional organizations, women's organizations, whatever happens to be and get out there. Did you find when you were networking um, that it was a little a little tough for you or did you always feel it was comfortable being able, able to network? 
I did have a chance to go to Ireland and kiss the Blarney Stone. And I, 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 I got my nose coming up. Yeah. Um, so I naturally like to talk to people and I have, I have a stepmom who she's the kind of person we would be in the store and she'd just turn around and start talking about the weather or, Oh my God, that's the cutest little kid. So I'm used to that. Um, but, um, you're right. It is, it's a comfort level because I think again, being curious, tell me if you want to know about somebody else. And if you want to know the biggest secret about networking, don't talk about yourself. Ask them all the questions. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to talk about themselves, right? Um, going along those lines, uh, we haven't got quite to it yet in Nabo, um, but you know, just just becoming the the present here at the local uh, Baker, Nabo Bakersfield chapter. Mm -hmm. um, I have noticed. I was I was reading a a magazine article online from Inc. You know how they have it. I'm just, I'm on Google and you're like, okay, I can read something that fast. You yeah. know, it's not a book. You're right. I'm not ready for that. And they were talking about how COVID and we'll just kind of move into COVID now, how COVID has that 15 months specifically in, in California has really gotten people. So they're so used to being comfortable balled up that they haven't really networking is something you have to learn. Mm -hmm. and that you have to practice even like your own work you have to practice it you have to work it and as you work it you get better um that I, i'm seeing that even for my own organization and that Nabo is one and i'm also still very involved in clca um is that it's membership it's really all about the networking and you have to really that will be one of the things I'm going to be working on with my board is establish a very comfortable networking style, know your own elevator pitch, and that can change all the time, but know it and know your organization pitch because so often, and you probably feel this way with NABO, it's so big. NABO is a national organization. It's actually international, but let's just stay in the United States. So it's a national organization. And then it's a state organization. We have a Nabo California, and then it's a local. So there's a lots of umbrellas upon umbrellas. And um, you know that when you right. join an organization, you're not always joining because you understand who the organization is. You're joining because there's some people you like and you want to hang with, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, those are kind of cool ladies. I know when I go there, one of those two or three people that I know, they're going to be there. I can hang with them. I can have my wine. I can sit next to them. I can sit next to somebody new. I'm comfortable. There's a comfort level there. But we do need to learn how to network. And that is something we really all have to work on. And that's looking people in the eye and shaking their hands. If we're going back to that, um, it's being having a card and being able to give it. It's being able to remember their name. Mm -hmm. And if you have a name tag, wear it. Um, that's important, you know, so they can see they're going to forget your name. Um, I'm kind of lucky I have the red hair. Okay, yes, I have a wonderful stylist and she keeps me this red. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, this is my natural color, so I wear it. And and But, you know, so sometimes people might remember me, but I'm not always good at remembering. So it's really helpful if you have mm -hmm. some name tag uh, from whatever organization you're in or get your own name tag. I just always have it and say, this is who I am and I'm with Rio's Design Studio and people will make that connection a lot better. Yeah. And then when you're talking, people get to know them. Where are you from? Have you lived here all your life? Did you always do this? I mean, 
the paths, and I'm sure you know this from mm-hmm. your podcast, the paths people take are really amazing. I kind of went down one line. I went to school in landscape architecture. I got my degree. I started working. I got my license, and I'm still doing it. Where most people, oh, I got an English degree, and then I worked for an insurance company, and then I did this. And you're like, wow, what a path. How did, how, you, and then you ended up here? How did that go? So um, I would have to say I try to tell my children, you don't have to go the straight path your father and I did, but go a path and find your own way because that's the exciting part. I think so too. And going back when you were talking about networking, you know, we always get all a stack of business cards, you know, and we had a speaker on yesterday. Oh yeah, that's right. And she was talking about, you know, taking those cards and doing something. Don't just let them collect dust, you know, mm-hmm. put them in a customer relations management tool of some kind and, you know, follow up and call them or send them an email and just, Hey, or, you know, it's nice meeting you and talking to you. So I think, like you were talking about networking, getting cards, following up. Those are all amazing, amazing things. Now, let's talk about you for a second and your company. If somebody said, I want to get a hold of Megan, how do I do it? And I know we're going to put the information into um, our comment section uh-huh. here on uh, social media, but also with the podcast that will go out later on today, the audio portion. Perfect. So but do you want to share, you know, Sure. Your easiest way is to get a hold of me at Megan. It's M-E-G-A-N at Rios Design, R-I-O-S-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Always get a hold of me there. We have an office number, 661-835-9259. And then I have a cell number, 661-431-2801. Now, mind you, if I don't know your number, you leave a message. Because like anybody else, we have lovely spam risks all the time and people trying to call us. So that's what you just figure. I let it ring. I don't know that number. And then you go, oh, that's that person. I will answer and get back to you. Um, and that's that's how you get a hold of me. Uh, you know, uh, we are fortunate. And that's why I have my green screen. I, I work in my house and my mm-hmm. office isn't always clean. So you don't have to see it. Um, in my office, I'm right next to my husband. And we have two little puppy dogs, his little entourage chihuahuas who sleep in here. So if you hear anything snore, that's them. Um, I have two children uh, in their 20s who are living here. My son will be going back to San Jose State and my daughter's here working. And so there might be in and out. But, you know, I kind of like it. I don't I, I don't know. It, um, what's been nice is you spend you pay so much for a building, your home, and you don't spend any time in it. So we have done that. I can't say that I wouldn't like to get an office because I've been here for a long time now and I'm kind of ready to kind of get out. That's me. My husband could stay here. He's like, you go right ahead. I'm not going. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so, there, you know, you know, sometimes it's nice to have an office. Sometimes yeah. it's nice to be home. There are pluses and minus to both. Both. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've been we've been here in Bakersfield for 20 years and enjoyed it. And like I said, gotten involved in a couple organizations. Um, I think it's just important to be involved in your community, um, h- however you choose to be. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't take that much to get involved. It really doesn't. No, it really doesn't. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on to Fearless and Pink Art Podcast. Oh, that and went so fast. Live, <laughs> and live here on our social media platforms. 
So mm -hmm. thank you so much. And you guys, we're going to put Megan's information. I already have her email and her website in the chat. If you have any questions, you can put them in the chat later on. And I can you, I can get a hold of Megan. We can answer for you or you can get a hold of her directly. No problem at all. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much, Colleen. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I love speaking with you all the time till we uh -huh. see each other again. You have a great weekend. You too.